10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Coming up, a huge win last Wednesday for A-State men's hoops. Women's basketball with a couple of impressive home wins this past week. But we're going to start with football because for the first time since 2019, it's bowl week for the Red Wolves this Saturday at 11 a.m. A-State taking on Northern Illinois at the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. And joining us now to talk about this magnificent event that's coming up this weekend it's the vice chancellor for intercollegiate athletics jeff purinton how you doing buddy doing great how about you matt we're doing great and i do want to kind of start here because a few weeks ago we had keith gill on the podcast Mm -hmm. and it was right after the marshall game and of course leading up to the conference championship games that weekend and his overall statement to us was that about 50 to 60% of the games wouldn't be decided until that following Sunday. But I know word kind of got to you a lot earlier than that. The Camellia Bowl looked like this was the place we were headed pretty early in the week. Yeah, they gave us a little bit of a heads up, but with the caveat that if games went a certain way on Championship Saturday, there could be some shifting. You know, off the record, Keith said, not likely to affect us. So we were able to have some conversations with the people in Montgomery and kind of get a game plan together. So we were prepared for the announcement on Sunday. Were you surprised by that? Because again, you know, I believed the commissioner, I mean, I knew he was telling the truth, but like, I could totally go along with it. He said, you know, he, he thinks it's going to go into Sunday and he's trying to figure out how to get 12 teams placed. So, I mean, that's sort of what I was geared up for. And all of a sudden, you know, early in the week, the tea leaves started looking yeah. like Montgomery. It no, was I'm a surprise. 100% believe that's the case and you saw even later in the day Sunday some ACC teams were still waiting to find out where they were going to end up and that's the reality with all the different conferences you have certain amount of spots and guaranteed to go to certain bowl games and so you got to wait and see which ones aren't going to be filled and I give Keith a lot of credit for being proactive and having a plan so all of our teams would have a spot because that's Obviously, 12 of our 14 teams made a bowl game and even had some contingencies of some different things we could do. Because the worst thing we would want to have happen is get to six wins in bowl eligibility and then have no place to play. So, yeah, you got to fill in the playoff and then it all matriculates from there. He also sort of left open the possibility, even though he was clear he didn't want it to happen. He said he didn't know they'd be able to avoid two Sunbelt teams playing each other. Were you yeah, concerned he mentioned that was that. the case? And we, we had weekly calls going over all the bowl scenarios and he said we, we're going to do everything we can to avoid it we're going to try to not put somebody back to a bowl where they were the previous year but again so many moving parts you're not going to ever 100 percent control that and the good news is they did avoid that scenario look i know we were going to be happy going bowling period but this is a bowl that A-State fans have been to a couple of times before. They know what's going on in Montgomery. And the good news is if you're going to play on the 23rd, you're in driving distance to get back that night. This is a good bowl for our fans and something I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this week. Yeah, everybody's fired up. Yeah, you're right. I talked to Camellia Bowl. I talked to people in Mobile. I talked to New Orleans just to make sure they're aware there's a lot of excitement with our team. I think our fans will show great support. 
So we would be maybe higher up in terms of the, the list when they were going over which team might come to their city. But I'll say talking to Johnny Williams, who's the executive director of the Camellia Bowl, who I actually worked with at Alabama in the first couple of years there. So no Johnny. They're excited to have us back. And I think our fans, you know, made an impact when we were there in 2019. And we're going to do some of the hopefully some of the same fun things like the night before at Wenzel's and, and have a good time and turn it back four years to how we did it in 2019. So the commissioner talked about sort of the things that were important to him. We also talked in that conversation about things that may be important to TV and just how much sway they have now with ESPN, not just broadcasting the bowl, but owning so many of them. For you, what was most important? Was it geography? Was it the matchup? What was kind of the top thing you wanted to check off? Really, y'all, you guys said it, just going to a bowl game. I mean, we, it didn't matter where we went. I'm big on the regionality part of college athletics. I think it's important that we can drive and you can get back in plenty of time for Christmas. And I think the matchup's important. I mean, we want to win the game. I mean, we're not just going to a bowl game. We are going to have a good time and hopefully create a really good experience for our student athletes and fans, but we want to win the game. We've had some good back and forth with the Mac. So I really didn't have any control over it or much at all. Just get to a bowl game. But I think it's a really good matchup and a place that makes sense for Arkansas State. You know, it's been fun to watch this program takes some big steps this year. And with Coach Jones, one thing that I, I just continue to admire with him, and, and I know you guys have echoed it in different platforms as well, the fact that he stayed the course, if you will. And it's so easy to say, you know, screw it. I'm going the portal route. You know, there's, there's people having instant success with it right now. But he has stayed true to his plan, trying to do it through the high school ranks. Yes, we've used the portal where needed. It's been kind of a slow build, but you see this team now go from two wins in 2021 to three wins last year, now six wins, a chance for a seventh this year, and this thing just continues to trend up. It's been fun to watch this process. Yeah, it has. It's been fun to be a part of it and hopefully contribute. But yeah, the consistency, especially after the first two games when everybody was down and keeping everybody together, because it was tough. It was tough on everybody. It was tough on our players. It was tough on our coaches. It was tough on our fans. But just staying the course and getting getting it on track and then seeing some of our young players that you mentioned, some of the freshmen and sophomores step up and, and make an impact. Yeah, it was a special season and hopefully we can cap it off the right way. It's nerve-wracking though and because, I mean, he's doing this thing, like I say, he committed it to doing it, I'll use the air quotes, whatever what you would call the right way. And the fact that he's telling you, I'm not trying to have a good team. We're trying to rebuild this to a good program. And that's great. Except for like in this climate, it was like very nerve-wracking again to know whether it still would work that way. Yeah, and, and we talk about it all the time with all of our sports. That's why the culture is so important. And it's not just a word that you say. You have to work at it and you have to, in every single day. And I think you see that with our team. We've had a couple guys enter the transfer portal, but not as many as some of the other schools. Players like being here. Our coaches do a really good job. Hopefully we treat them right, the right way in terms of the student-athlete experience. But you have to be really intentional with that, and I think Coach Jones and his staff is certainly a, a positive we have going for us. And look, it, it's great to be in a bowl game, but the way the calendar falls now with signing day, right in the middle of it, I mean, you've got to balance 
recruiting and bowl prep at the same time. There's coaches all over the country that are doing it, but it is a unique circumstance now, something that you really didn't have to deal with five years ago with this early signing period. No. So now you're, you're trying to juggle signing day in the middle of bowl week. How are you trying to help Coach Jones in that regard? What can yeah, you do? For the most part, I participate in the recruiting weekends and the different events and sit down with some of the parents and uh, prospective student-athletes and just talk about Arkansas State Athletics and the university in Jonesboro. And we had several different recruiting windows already. And, and it's not only just the recruiting and then signing day coming up while we're at the bowl game. You're really recruiting your whole roster every single day, too. You got to yeah. know who's happy, who do you need to to talk to, who's having issues, and then also prepare for a game. So you got these all these moving parts. I think I liked it better back in the when I first started, and you had the big signing day, you know, in February. Now it feels like, especially with the portal, it's almost every day is yeah. signing day. We talked a lot because we'd done so many of those signing day programs. Do you go back to when they added this December signing date initially, right? By title, it was the early signing day. It was for kids that knew and were just ready to get it over with. And, you know, it won't be a lot of them, but just the kids that just want to get their recruiting done. And no, after about one of those, early signing day just became signing day. Yeah, and more and more. And I understand it. I think, you know, high schools obviously have evolved to where you can take different classes and prepare yourself to finish early. I don't know if I would have been able to take that track uh, when I was coming up. I wanted to enjoy my full senior year of high school, but it does seem like a lot more kids signing in December and a lot more coming in January. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender subject to credit approval. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at ImpactClub.com. That's Impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T Club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our programs right now. Wolves up. Visiting with Jeff Purinson here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Part of the bowl week is you know just all these activities that are going on around the game and some of the things that the fans look forward to. And I know you got a list of some things that are coming up this week and probably a lot of people are listening to this podcast as they drive down to Montgomery. So what are some of the things they can get involved with this week yeah for the team they'll have their own activities there's a evening where they'll go bowling there's a legacy museum tour there's a gift suite and then we'll have a welcome event and uh that espn puts on tuesday night when we arrive and there's a press conference with the head coaches for our fans you know i think the big one is the night before the game there's a pep rally at six o'clock that's down at the montgomery union station which is right near the the hotel and the yep. downtown you know the yep. area the riverwalk area after that we'll head over to wenzel's and thanks to centennial bank alumni association for hosting that event and they'll provide some beer and wine etc and then go from there and then saturday morning there's also a tailgate and really the easiest way whether it's tickets or the different fan events is to go to 
to our website, astateredwolves.com backslash bowl central. Yeah. So everything will be on there. There will be a lot of activity in that downtown. I don't, if people haven't been to downtown Montgomery, I've spent a lot of time there through my days at Alabama, but they've really done a nice job. Good restaurants. Mm-hmm. You can do a walk along the river and they're going to have some different kind of Christmas theme activities going on there as well. So hopefully people can get a place to stay downtown and get there Thursday or Friday and that'll kind of be our home base. I'll give you a life hack if you didn't hear that website address. Truth is, if you'll just go to astateredwolves.com, for right now it's automatically going to take you to Bowl Central anyway. It's what's going to pop up. And I don't even know if you can skip past it. I think if you go to our website, yeah, Bowl Central is what's going to pop up, up which is great. And then we're going to keep evolving that, putting some more information out there on it because there's still we'll have a time where we'll we'll have a, a little sort of a miniature send-off the world's shortest Red Wolf walk from the uh, hotel door to the buses Saturday morning uh, in <laughs> advance of that tailgate over there. So we have that. And then there's some information we'll put there. We're going to make sure people understand, too, specifically about parking because if when you go on the website to buy your tickets, you probably breezed right past the part of that that said you have to buy your parking online. They're not selling parking the day of the game. So we'll make sure our people have that information too. So uh, go to the website, and it, it looks a lot like our game day guide, just different tabs to go to for all the specific information. You guys have more experience with the Camellia Bowl than me. I've been to Montgomery a lot of times, but I've not been to the Camellia Bowl. So Yeah, it's a good bowl, and I love just how centrally located everything is with those restaurants, with yep. Wenzel's. There's the Dreamland Barbecue right down the street. There's some other really good restaurants yep. right in that area around the Renaissance, and that Renaissance, the team hotels, one of the nicer hotels that you can stay in anywhere. So just a, a good experience all around. It is. It's a really good hotel. And that's a key to the whole bowl experience, too. Like you said, the walkability. That's why New Orleans and, and some of these places that host bowl games, you know, people love going there. I think Montgomery provides that to a degree. And uh, the Renaissance does a great job. We stayed there actually when we played Troy. We used to yep. stay there when I was at Alabama when we would play at Auburn. So stayed in the renaissance quite a few times and then we'll have radio shows set up yep. so people want to come through and and see the team come in and out to practice or stop by the the radio show they come on by the renaissance yeah and we've got headsets just sitting there who knows how many people we'll be talking to this week the alumni having a tailgate did we mention that alumni tailgate before the game on saturday yeah, we briefly but there's more detail on that obviously that will start at 8 a.m. pregame uh-huh. Um, that's the Foundation Alumni Association and Impact Club. That'll be in the ESPN zone, in the multiplex in the end zone there. That's provided to Scarlet Society, 1200 Club, 1924 Society and Impact Club. You can get two tickets or those are available for sale through the Alumni Association. And that'll have breakfast, coffee, juices, and then Bloody Mary mimosa type set up as well might be a little early but not a bad way to start game day look the bottom line is we're bowling again it's fun to be able to experience this and make this trip down to montgomery and you know hopefully it all culminates with a win it's a great experience you remember these bowl games and especially when you haven't been in a little while and i've been fortunate to go to quite a few through my days at florida state and alabama and then working at the orange bowl and last year was the first time i hadn't had a bowl game in December to break you didn't up know the what Christmas to do. I, I told our some of our players, I said, I can't, in the spring, I said, I can't be home for all of December again. It's not good for me. Certainly, Julie and the girls don't want me home for that 
long of a period of time. So when we were beating Texas State, one of the guys put his arm around me and said, I remember what you said about being home for all of December. We had to go to a bowl game this year. He goes, we got it done. But his, I put my arm around him. I said, man, I appreciate you. Partly cloudy, 66 degrees. And by the way. Now you can't beat that. No. and A whole lot better than the last say, time. Uh, quite honestly, uh, Montgomery owes us that. <laughs> what was it last time? A rain oh, and cold the whole time. Cold yeah. and rain. And I don't know what he's talking about. He was, I mean, he wasn't the, the sideline guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was the, asked the sideline guy what the weather was like last time. The heater wasn't working exactly yeah. how he wanted. 66 and partly cloudy sounds pretty great for December 23rd. Fun experience for the fans coming up this week in Montgomery. But I, I do want to talk about another fun experience for the fans. And I'm going to go back to last Wednesday. You were in Louisville for that men's basketball victory at the KFC Yum Center. And I've mentioned this several times. One of the coolest things about that game the other night was obviously the fact that they won and they beat one of the Blue Bloods in college basketball. But right behind our bench, right behind where I was sitting, I, I turn around and there's at least three dozen A-State fans that had made the trip. They were the loudest people in the building the other night. You were right there with them. What a cool atmosphere just to have that many fans there on the road and, and to enjoy that kind of win. Yeah, it was great. And it's kind of evolved a few months ago. People were just talking, and a lot of people said, we should do a road trip to Louisville, and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And so we had several different groups, and we had a big dinner the night of the game, and we actually uh, were kind of trying to hustle to get to the arena. You had 20-something people there, and I'm thinking, how is this guy going to break up the bill? <laughs> and so we're going to run out of time, and I, it's a bit awkward. You know, I don't want to spend a bunch of money, but – I said, here's the deal, fellas. I said, I'm going to put this on the foundation, but if we win, you got to give back double of whatever you ate and drank here at dinner. And so everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. So I kind of rolled the dice. Hopefully we get back certainly more than we put in for dinner the night before. But it was fun. I mean, the arena is awesome. I had never – I've been to Louisville. I actually went to basketball camp there a couple times when I was in high really? school with Denny Crum. But I hadn't been – obviously that arena Freedom wasn't Hall. there. Yeah, so it's awesome. And, yeah, just to get that win and signature win and then to have a bunch of our donors and supporters there. They were loud. I mean – they were very they held their own. I know the Louisville crowd was a little bit less than it normally would be, but our crew was ready to roll, that's for sure. Man, that was so much fun. And just to see our guys come out and play the way they did. I mean, that was a decisive victory over a Power 5 program. And I know you love the way Coach Hodson has this program going right now. They're definitely head, headed in the right direction. Yeah, certainly. feel like we're gaining momentum at the right time as we get ready to go into conference play and getting back to 100% health-wise. Uh, yeah. you know, Quill gave us a couple good minutes. We'll get Terrence back and hopefully hit the ground running here in December and the women as well. I mean, that was a great win yesterday against Little Rock. I know we haven't always had a ton of success against them, and, and they're fun to watch. And Yesterday, they really made an emphasis to take Izzy out of the game and they weren't going to let her get her points. So we had several people step up, and, and Izzy's so unselfish. Uh, it was good to see that, and, and it shows. You know, you can try to take away this or this. We're still going to be able to score and win games. And I know we'll talk more about this in length in a little bit, but Coach Daz said that will be the hardest 10 points Izzy scores all season. And I think that's a pretty true statement because a lot of people can say you're not going to get yours, but there's not many people that can really pull it off. and. 
Little Rock was one of them. And yeah, they probably won't get. They may not get guarded like that again the rest of the season. That shows they can win in different ways. Exactly. One other thing I want to touch on here, and and I saw a social media post here in the last hour or so before we started recording that the new Scarlet Society is doing very well. I know it has several members already, and I, I think today it was announced another $50,000 donation. Yeah, and really appreciate Brandon Mitchell, his contribution and generosity. We, you know, we launched the Scarlet Society. We've talked about that. Just some different giving levels to where there's going to be some different experiences, et cetera, that will come with that. But yeah, we've had some really good success early and hopefully we build it from there. And thanks again to Brandon. Plus, you know, the week the Impact Club had last week, right? I mean, they talking about that they were having to go out and do a drive to try to match up they could get matching funds up to a hundred thousand dollars and were able to pull that off in like 24 hours yeah that's what i was going to say just how fast it happened you know you were you're going to be able to get the match and 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 it happened and it happened quick so thanks to everybody at the impact club uh they've been tremendous to work with it's a bit of an interesting relationship but really good partner and thanks to their board We've got a lot of good stuff going on right now. These we are do. The, these are a the lot fun of positive business. momentum. Man, I mean, you get to come in here and we get to talk about all the good stuff that's happening. So let's do it more I often. always tell people when, when we're at an event or when I introduce myself, not as the vice chancellor like you like to say, but <laughs> the AD. And I said, but well, I'm, that's I'm, what I call you when I'm not on here. Yeah, so. I'm the AD when, when we win. I'm in charge of that part. And then we, I got somebody else that handles the other. <laughs> well, the other thing is like, you know, over these last... 15 months or so I've been back over there you have to sit through meetings and try to deal with issues that are not a lot of fun and so lately we've had to sit through meetings and still deal with issues and put out fires but then when at the end we go hey at the end remember these are kind of good problems to be having the things we're working exactly. through right now all the bowl meetings these are good problems we, where to put students where, where to put students that want to come to our games you know we had a Christmas party in the indoor last year and did kind of a family christmas event with bounce houses etc well this year we have you know football practice to consider so we we did a kind of a different format so and we, that's what we, we always say these are good problems to have but we'll figure them out and keep the positive momentum going anything else we need to mention here i think we're good appreciate you having me on uh enjoy the podcast i don't know if this one will get as many <laughs> <No>. <laughs> listens as some of the other ones you got some really good ones <laughs> And I'll tell you this, this has uh, evolved into something that's been a lot of fun for us. I mean, to be able to talk with the student athletes and coaches in this capacity has been a lot of fun and kind of get to see some different sides of, of the people inside the athletic program, which is uh, something that I don't think a lot of athletic programs and their fans have no, access it's, it's to. it's unique, and I really enjoy the student-athlete interviews because you Y'all do a good job of getting them to open up. And we have some unbelievable kids. Our goal is to do the Roy Firestone mm-hmm. thing. We, exactly. We, we want to make I remember him cry, so. yeah. <laughs> Tom Rinaldi. Tom yeah. was the master. Tom, oh, Tom. Yeah. He'll, he'll Give Tom it. about 20 seconds. If you want someone to cry, it will happen. Well, I think anytime he ever did a segment on game day, we ended up crying. You know, yeah. Tom Rinaldi sat around the other side of this wall. And that That's next right. He was on your was show. guest on my show one time. It was very cool. Tom's a close friend of mine and one of the early years at Alabama playing against LSU and obviously a lot of sensitivity and feelings with the LSU rivalry because Coach Saban had been there before and Tom came in and I didn't really know him that well and Coach Saban didn't know him that well and Tom said I got to ask about LSU and I said Tom you can get maybe one question about that and then we need to move on and Tom asked the question coach answered it and then he had a follow-up because there was something that 
caused him to want to ask an additional question and coach gave the look of I was going to answer one question about this and then we're <laughs> moving to the next thing and coach ended up answering it and it was a bit of an awkward moment but Tom and I always joke about that because I told Tom I said you put my whole career on the line when you ask more ask questions the than the one I told coach you're going to ask <laughs> But he's a great person, and he does a tremendous job. I miss seeing him on on game day. Well, you're doing a tremendous job, Jeff, and I'll see you game day coming up on Saturday in Montgomery. I almost said Birmingham in Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Make sure you go to Montgomery. Go ahead and drive those extra 90 miles. You're going to see the wrong game. (laughs) That's Jeff Purinton joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We'll wrap things up right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities, make a monthly commitment, and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at Impact club.com thank you and wolves up mentioned it earlier but what a win for the a-state men last wednesday going into louisville and the kfc yum center defeating the cardinals by the score of 75 to 63 i know you put it out on the athletics account but i I did like the 12 piece to go oh thank you tweet that you put out but uh, well listen the that uh, goes along with the 12 point win by the way that the most lopsided loss of the season for louisville so i guess you, you jog my memory here let's let people know that because of that you can actually save some money on tickets to the next couple of home games okay january 4th and 6th when the men are back home for their first two conference games in honor of that 12-point win, you can save $12 off lower-level seats. And there aren't a ton of those available. There was a press release that went out last week, and so the, the easiest thing to tell you to do is go to astateredwolves.com and find the press release about it because there's a different link for both of those games, January 4th and January 6th. But those lower-level seats, which if you just walked up usually and bought one, they're $30 a piece. Now you can get them for 18 because of that 12-piece to go. A great way to continue to celebrate a win over one of college basketball's blue blood programs, which doesn't happen every day. And the first win over a oh boy power five opponent since 2014 over Here we go, Mississippi now. State. I don't know why this turned into a controversy. <laughs> Can we not? I mean, listen. We know what the power five we is. Do. That's what and, we're... And, and by the way, you know who else does? Everybody that's questioning <laughs> whether or not the, the win over Georgetown counts. We understand that. Georgetown in basketball, right? Is a part of, they they probably even call it the Power Six, maybe. But when you read Power Five, you know exactly what that means. You don't need somebody to tell you what Power Five means. <laughs> it's Power Five as it is in football. The first time beaten from one of those five leagues, and you know that. And you're accurate on either account. It's a power basketball 
conference, the Big East, and that was a power win back in 2016 over Georgetown. But this is the first win over a Power 5 opponent since 2014 when Coach Brady and the Red Wolves went into Starkville and won. all up and down that – and listen, there's a bunch of bowl games, right? I mean, there's a whole lot. Everybody talks about how many bowl games there are. Georgetown ain't in a damn one of them. Whatever. (laughs) I'm tired of talking about that. What I want to talk about is the fact that we had a big-time win the other night, and it sure was a lot of fun, led by as many as 20 in the second half. By the way, for Louisville, it was their worst loss against a non-P5 school at home. you got to go back to 2009. It really started with the defense. And you go back to the second half of the UAB game when they held UAB to 34% in the second half and then held Louisville to 36% for the game. This looks like a completely different team right now on the defensive end. And it's no coincidence that both of those games turned into wins. We've talked about it before here. You know, this team had to evolve from if we shoot good, we win. And if we don't, we don't. And I think you're starting to see that, right? Defense travels. And I know we'll talk about defense in a minute with that with some women's games too. But So we've talked about that before. You'll be able to hang your hand on your defense and not make yourself have to hit a bunch of shots just to give yourself a, an opportunity to win. And then the other thing we talked about last week that continues right on is I think the phrase we used was the maturation of Isaiah Nelson. And that continues right before our eyes. My goodness. You go back the last three games now, he's averaging 14 points and seven and a half boards, but he was fantastic against Louisville the other night. Finished with 15 points, seven of seven from the field in that game. He also had eight rebounds. Thought Caleb Fields was the best player on the floor, though. 20 points, eight assists, six rebounds in that game, and completely controlled everything that was going on out there. And I know it's Louisville. And it seemed weird, but as I'm calling that game the other night, you watched that freshman out there trying to guard Caleb Fields, and you thought, I kind of feel sorry for that kid. (laughs) Because Caleb is owning him right now, and he was just that much better. It was really fun to watch. Uh, Freddie Hicks, great to see him get going offensively again. He had 16 points in that game. And Darian Ford, he had seven points, and he had a big three there in the second half to kind of stretch the lead out to 15, 16. And you really felt like it was about to happen at that point after he hit that three. But his assignment was to guard their best player, Sky Clark, who had scored in double figures every game up until Wednesday night. But he held Sky Clark, the Illinois transfer, to nine points on four of 14 shooting didn't have a single assist, and he turned it over five times. And it just shows you how good Darian Ford was. When uh, you leave with a dub in one hand and a check in the other, it's uh, <laughs> extra sweet. And I know you're just about to going to try to do the same thing again this week. Yeah, I'm going to go to Belmont. Traveling to Nashville Wednesday night, taking on the Belmont Bruins. And for those who are unfamiliar, this is one of the most consistent programs in all of college basketball there are four programs that have won at least 19 games in 18 consecutive seasons belmont's one of them and there are also four programs in all of division one basketball that have won at least 20 games the last 13 years belmont is one of them the other three that have won at least 20 games 
Kansas, Gonzaga, and Oregon. So they're swimming with some pretty big fish there. <laughs> like people may wonder, when you heard about the schedule and we were told how tough it was going to be and you're talking about all the guarantee games, right? People understand Iowa and Wisconsin and Alabama and Louisville and you get how those teams can cut Arkansas State a check to come play. Well, Belmont's the fifth one of those guarantee games uh, because basketball's for what they hang their hat on. Same thing, they're not playing FBS football over there. And uh, it's a school with plenty of resources, a lot of it tied into the music industry. Look, I know they're not at the same scale nationally as Gonzaga, but kind of in that same category because they do put so much into their basketball program. This is their deal. I think of Dallas Baptist and them putting everything, all their resources into baseball. Belmont kind of the same way with basketball. So, yeah, big challenge coming up Wednesday night, but – Hey, who knows? The Red Wolves playing some good ball going into that game and tip time for that one Wednesday night set for 6.30. The women with a couple of home victories this past week defeated North Alabama last Thursday by the score of 82-78. to In there's overtime. A, yeah, in overtime. And there's a great video that has gone viral of the Red Wolves huddle from that game Following the third quarter, A-State's down nine at that point. You can't help but be impressed with the way Destiny Rogers is talking to her team. And for that matter, a couple of her assistant coaches as well. But it was just so cool to watch because her message was, hey, we're down nine. I'm not panicking. You shouldn't be panicking either. And the way that thing has taken off in the last (laughs) few days is phenomenal because yeah. it's drawn so much positive attention to this program, and they were able to come back and erase that nine-point deficit and, and win the game. You know, this team, in times like that, it's a reflection of its head coach. Not much rattles her. We've talked with her about her demeanor on the sidelines. It doesn't change a whole lot. You know, I even saw Isaiah Thomas, not the Hall of Famer, the other Isaiah Thomas that played in the NBA. Heck of a player. Was uh, one of the people that, quote, tweeted uh, that video. They're doing a lot of good stuff on the women's basketball side with some content. They've got a a person doing some stuff for them, and they've got somebody mic'd up all the time and doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff you usually don't see. So uh, that was cool. And then, yeah, that win was good. Down nine going into the fourth quarter. Got outscored by 22 points. In the second and third quarters, 44 to 22 after a blazing start. Scored 30 in the first quarter, led it 32 to 17 early in the second. And by the time you get to the fourth, you're down nine. And uh, it was not looking good, but they did not panic. You know, this was a game interesting where kind of the big two played like the big two. Izzy had a night, and I know you'll give us the numbers, but you certainly cannot look o- overlook the, no- the night. Lauren Pendleton had in that game, too, where she just filled up the stat sheet. Not just scoring, but, I mean, she had maybe like eight rebounds, six assists, four steals. I mean, she just did a little bit of everything in that game. You've been talking about Lauren and how the Red Wolves need her to be that second scorer, and she's really stepped it up these last few games. And you mentioned Izzy. What a night for her. Izzy Higginbottom with 35 points. It's the most for an A-State player since Adrian Davey had 38 points in a game back in 2007. And you think of Izzy and how she's become such a fan favorite Arkansas kid. You can draw some comparisons to just her and Adrian Davey. And Adrian was a fan favorite as well, mm-hmm. Arkansas kid. She's you look a at those. In my doghouse at the moment, but that's another story. Okay. Adrian is, but we'll, just, we'll leave that there. 
But Adrian and Izzy, both fantastic players. The thing about Adrian's, and I thought this was the case, so I went and looked. Adrian's 38-point game uh, was on her senior day. Was it really? Yep. And it came in a loss, of all things. But, yeah, she scored 38 here on her senior day. I think the other interesting conversation that was floating around some last week, a little bit after this game, was already trying to figure out where Izzy and, and Lauren Pendleton could finish out in some of these kind of list of the all-time duos in the A-State women's basketball program. And there's been some good ones. There have been. And so their sample size, to me, is a little small still. Uh, because, to me, right now, the best you could be is fourth. Now, they got time, right, a whole year and a half to move up that list. But you got Sanja Tate and Shyla Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Adrian Davey and Rudy Sims, who obviously I'm partial to because – my first year doing games was their freshman season, so we all came in together. Yeah. And then Dre Gamble and Khadijah Brown Haywood, but Khadijah's was really where she just Senior exploded year. at yeah. the end of her career. Just came out of nowhere and probably might have been the somewhat player of the year had it not been for Dre Gamble. So that's a, a little different story, but it's a fun conversation to have, and it'd be fun to see where uh, that duo and this team goes from here. Now let's talk about Sunday. Yeah, Little Rock was in town, and the A State women able to take care of business, and they won decisively, seventy four fifty nine. And first thing you do is look at the opponent. And over the years, how many games have we seen decided in the fifties between yeah. these two teams? And you, know, you don't see a lot of teams score seventy four against Little Rock, but to do that, uh, that tells you a lot about how the A State offense performed. Well, shot, I think fourteen of twenty four from three. I mean, they had seven field goals in the first half, and six of them were threes. In the first quarter, this looked like a classic game against Little Rock. And I say it with all due respect, is that they ugly it up. It's what they do because they just guard your face off. Well, Joe Foley's won a lot of games Oh, my gosh. Way. It drives you crazy, but I've, I've got so much respect for him. And I've, I've said it all the time. i said it again. I, the hire of Joe Foley is to be the single greatest hire in Little Rock athletics history. Not Little Rock women's basketball history, Little Rock athletics history. He's won. Chris Beard was a pretty good one, yeah, too, but for I mean, but, but one year. For one year. And had they been able to kind of carry on from that, you could have a little different conversation. But it was really kind of, I mean, sort of trying to be a little bit of a flash in the pan, right? It wasn't a lot of carryover. But Joe Foley just keeps on. And I know it's the worst cliche in the world, but that's the best 0-9 team in America. Because they'd played, coming into Sunday, they'd played the 17th toughest schedule in the country mm. up to that point. And they still just guard, and they guard, and they guard. And, man, it's uh, it's frustrating to watch. But this team stuck with it and hit some shots. And the beauty of it is they put four players in double figures. Third time they've done that this year. They're 3-0 and when they do it. And the fourth player to reach double figures, and it happened pretty much when the game was basically decided, was Izzy Higginbottom. We finished with 10. Lauren Pendleton was kind of the third leading scorer. They were going to have to have somebody else step up to win that game, and they got it from Malin Wilkerson and Anna Griffin. Malin Wilkerson leading the way with 22 points. Good for her. Yeah, and she needed it so bad because this kid can flat-out shoot. I mean, she's been one of the top three-point shooters in the league the last two years, and this year they just hadn't gone in. She came in to Sunday shooting 19.3% from three. And uh, had a big day, finished, as you said, career high. She hit four threes, and Griffin hit four threes, and that's exactly what the doctor ordered because Joe Foley, he wasn't letting Izzy Higginbottom and Lauren Pendleton beat him. 
somebody else was going to have to do it, and A-State got that. I think this is a win that could carry over for this team for that reason right there because the big question about this team was can they still win without Izzy going off? And for the first time, you can say the answer is yes. It was good to see. Red Wolves now 6-3 and three on the season. Their final game before Sunbelt play begins. Coming up on Thursday, that tip time Thursday has been moved up a few hours. Yep. We'll tip at 2 o'clock against Tennessee Martin. And as we wrap things up, want to touch on football one more time. Again, Camellia Bowl coming up Saturday, 11 a.m. against Northern Illinois as Butch Jones and the Red Wolves try to finish with a winning record. Man, the get to seven would be huge. Seven and six sounds so much better than six and seven. Regardless of what happens, though, just some big steps in the right direction this season. Well, you know how you and I saw this. Every game is called something internally, right? Every game is the such and such game. It's a Coach Jones thing. Every game has a title. and Got a theme, and, yeah. And a theme, and that theme is usually up on the video board during practice, and this week's no different, but it's the something to prove game. I think that goes along very nicely with what they're trying to do. Not just happy to be there, they're there to win. And that's not always the case with bowl teams. You find out so many times who wants to who be wants there. Who wants to be there, yeah. Butch Jones' teams have always wanted to be there. In fact, you go back over his eight previous bowl games that he's coached, he's 6-2. and two. So hopefully can improve that to 7-2. and two. One cool thing about Coach Jones is the fact that he's one of 14 coaches all time now to take four different programs to a bowl game, one of six active head coaches that can say that. So I'm going to tell one story on the way out the door here. All right. Going back got? to that game Sunday. And this is about my wife's son. My wife's son, her 10-year-old son, <laughs> likes to uh, go to games with me. He hadn't been as many this year, but last year went a lot with me, and he likes to help on the marketing side of things. He was uh, our chief intern that came time to like find contestants for games. He was the best. Uh, I remember that, yeah. Well, so Sunday he went with me early, and he was with the rest of our crew, and they sort of had him in a backup role if they needed him for the tractor race where they get on the green, the John Deere tricycles and race to half court and back with the notion of they, they had one kid, but they could, they're having trouble finding another kid wanting to do it. So Brody was waiting in the wings for the backup. He did this one time last year and I was on the sideline that time on the baseline with him and was trying to communicate to him. Hey, let the other kid win. Well, this time, I mean, I mean, obviously I'm calling the game, so I don't know if he's going to end up doing it or not until the time comes and there he is on the tricycle. And I guess he remembered from last season because they say go and he's, ta- he's, he's against the kid that's clearly younger than him and Brody lets the kid get off to a lead and he's just so nonchalantly peddling his tricycle. <laughs> Matter of fact, on the, one, on the way to half court, he's yawning. <laughs> he gets to half court, turns around, Grabs his phone out of his pocket uh-huh. like he's gotten a call. Talks on his phone the rest of the way to the baseline, all the way off the tractor and off the floor. He so, wanted to leave, no doubt. Yes, and so we got to find that, that he was letting that kid win. Yeah, and so uh, for a guy who will tell anybody who wants to know that he's going to be a uh, WWE superstar, we're going to talk about sometimes when you put the other person over, you got to make them look good in the process. Because you're right, he was leaving, no doubt. I could beat this kid if I want to, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> and that is straight out of his mother's playbook. Been a fun episode. Again, thanks to Jeff Purinton for dropping by and joining us today. Be safe, 
everybody that's uh, making that trip down to Montgomery for the Camellia Bowl this Saturday. In the meantime, for Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week. Merry Christmas, everybody.